Hey everyone, this is Chris Lim with the Theotech Podcast, and I'm really glad today to be joined with my friend Eric Gann. Hello. Eric, you're a software engineer at Microsoft, and this year you are leading Code for the Kingdom Seattle. Yeah, it's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about how you got connected to Code for the Kingdom? Um, so when I was in Seattle in 2014, 2015 rather, I was an intern at Microsoft. And I was at that time wondering how I can use my skills that God has given to me, maybe for a bigger purpose. Because I, now I was at, at that time I was an intern and I was just making stuff for Microsoft. But then I also heard of an event that my friend told me called Code for the Kingdom. And it was just happened to be at Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, huh, well, isn't that convenient? And that was when I decided to go with my group of intern friends who were also Christian. Mm -hmm. And we decided to come and check it out and see what y'all are about. So what did you do for that first Code for the Kingdom that you were at? <laughs> so our team, we made a um, Bible discovery type of web app. And so what we did was we took a keyword, maybe a couple keywords. What we have is a search box you can type in, like, for example, love or discipleship or marriage. Mm -hmm. um, and then what you can do is what we would spit out a random chapter that would be very relevant to the keywords that you supplied. Okay, so it's like an AI-based topical Bible search. Yeah, pretty much, and it's it's also completely random. So if I use the same keywords, it will give you a relevant page, but I'll choose might be completely different. Did you end up uh, shipping it, or was it just a hackathon project? Yeah, that was just a hackathon project. <laughs> so for people who don't know, what is a hackathon? What's it like? So a hackathon is a gathering of technologists. It doesn't have to be programmers. It can be program managers, designers, um, etc. Anyone who is interested and able to deliver a tech project. Mm -hmm. And our goal is to create something maybe within that 24 or 48 hour time period. Just a proof of concept idea, but our goal is to be able to take it further. Um, and so we just build something. We ideate, we mm -hmm. develop, we build, and then we present. And so what do you think is unique about doing it in Code for the Kingdom's context? Because Microsoft has a lot of hackathons throughout the year. Yeah, Microsoft has something called One Week where all the people come together and they have maybe a goal that they want to achieve. Um, they want to create some software for helping the underprivileged. But Code for the Kingdom is very unique because our goal is to further God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to find and discover ways to build apps to find solutions using the tech around us to further God's kingdom in a tangible way. It's just like how a lot of tech companies today, like Microsoft, Google, Amazon, seek to solve world problems. For mm -hmm. example, delivery for Amazon. Microsoft would be like gaming or mm -hmm. maybe empowering more people around the world. For Google, it would be like search engine. But what if we took all those efforts that we have to solve world problems and instead tried to solve kingdom-related problems, maybe like the Great Commission, or missionaries that are in need of like tools that help with their ministry. Mm -hmm. What if we can brainstorm technological solutions to help solve their problems? Mm -hmm. I think we can greatly, as technologists, support and be part of this Great Commission in this way. Yeah, I always really love the kind of innovative contributions that Christians can make even to those world challenges. Mm -hmm. But I also acknowledge exactly what you said is that there are things that are specifically Christian, mm -hmm. having to do with missions, having to do with discipleship and prayer and scripture, yeah. that um, if we don't innovate on behalf of those kinds of things, nobody will. 
Uh, and so, like, you know, I want to keep the whole shape, which is like, yeah, we're going to make contributions to yes. things that even the world cares about because God's kingdom includes all of that. Mm -hmm. But also we need to take special responsibility for things that nobody else in the world probably would be that excited about working on, mm -hmm. like spiritual disciplines or helping missionaries. Yeah. And I hear as Seattle, like, there's a big growing tech hub. Like, everyone's moving. A lot of people are moving to Seattle in waves and waves. Mm -hmm. And even in my church, we have to add a new small group every year. And a lot of the people who come are technologists. Mm. And a lot of the times I hear these technologist friends in my church saying, oh, I'm at work and I am building something for my company. And maybe I'm not passionate about the project that I'm working on. Mm. How can I use my skills to be to do something more meaningful? That's mm -hmm. the concern that I hear in a lot of my friends. And so... You know, when a lot of startup companies, like a lot of entrepreneurs, when they do startups, they say in the startup world, 90% of the time you'll fail. Yep. But the thing is, like, if we start up something for God's kingdom, that we have a promise. The difference between an entrepreneur who's starting up something in the world versus us starting up something for God's kingdom is we have that promise in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, saying that we should always abound and remain steadfast in God's work. What does it say at the end? knowing that the work that we do in the Lord, the labor that we do in the Lord is not done in vain. Mm -hmm. So it might not look like the success that we're looking for, but the startup that we do for God's kingdom will have a 100% success rate. God will not let it be in vain. Amen. And I think also what, what does happen at Code for the Kingdom is that people do find meaning and significance even in their marketplace jobs. Yes. Because they see that they can do it also unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. That their work at Microsoft, even if their project got killed or something like that, mm -hmm. it wasn't in vain if it was done as unto the Lord. So it kind of, I see, I've seen it feed in both ways, mm -hmm. that they realize their skill is so valuable to advance the kingdom. And they also mm -hmm. see that God's kingdom brings significance to the work that they do and, and what otherwise might seem disengaging and disconnected. So when you talk about all these friends of yours that you're meeting, uh, how do you share with them to invite them to code for the kingdom? Like what's, I mean, you shared with us kind of the broad pitch. What is it that you're actually inviting them into? See, I like to create bridges. And a lot of times my friends, they share this need or desire and want in their hearts mm -hmm. that they want to do something more meaningful. What I'm providing to them is that bridge, that opportunity to be able to execute what their desires are in their hearts and to be able to do something more meaningful um, for God's kingdom using mm -hmm. the resources and talents that God has already given to them. Now, that's only half of the invitation. And my challenge for those who I invite are to say like, okay, now that I've invited you, Will you take out that challenge mm -hmm. and will you come and will you have that faith that God will do something beautiful in you? Mm. What do you see being barriers to people? Like they might have that desire, but you know, what are the barriers that keep them from really doing this, from trying, from having that faith? I think one of the biggest barriers would be inadequacy or maybe thinking, oh, I'm too junior to be able to make a difference or I don't know how I can contribute to a project. Mm -hmm. That is one of the biggest barriers that I see. It's maybe that, oh, I don't know, I'm inadequate, I'm just a junior designer, or I'm a junior developer, I don't have, um, I don't have the expertise to be able to su um, support a project. Yeah. And the thing is, I would challenge those types of people to just have faith and come, mm -hmm. because God will use willing hearts to do mm -hmm. beautiful things. Now, other challenges that I see, or other barriers that I see would be of, um, maybe I have that desire, but I don't have an idea. So I might be like, oh man, I want to build something, but I don't know what, I don't know what the needs are. And for those people, I would challenge you to come as well, because 
we have so many people who have ideas yeah and they don't have enough people to help bring them about so this is just another bridge that i well uh, that i'm trying to form here mm -hmm. people who have ideas but not enough resources to execute them and then on the other side people who have the desire to make a difference but no ideas to make a difference with that's a great point is that people shouldn't look at this in isolation as if it's just them who has to do something there mm -hmm. actually coming there they're going to bring their gifts but they're going to also receive the benefit of everybody else who god brings as well and all of their gifts and ideas as the holy spirit leads us mm -hmm. so i don't know i love the way you shared it that bridge building because when we just show up amazing things can happen we can't predict them but we've seen the fruit of it from the past hackathons like what has it been like five years now in seattle and yeah. every year it's just always the ideas are transformative. People come away with relationships that they never thought they would have, and they mm -hmm. stay in touch afterwards. And I know not every, not every project makes it to the market, mm -hmm. um, and that's totally expected with hackathons. Mm -hmm. But I see that the, the ways that lot people's lives are changed is, is permanent. Like, for a lot of people, it's like, wow, I never even thought about how my faith intersected with my work. And now, like, I've done it, and it's like, I want to keep doing this. Yeah, and a lot of times, like, even as I work in industry, for two years, I don't even realize how much I've grown. Mm. Um, and the way I say it is I went to another hackathon in Urbana, um, Urbana 2018. They had a track called Hack for Missions. Mm -hmm. Now, Urbana is a huge conference with um, around 10,000 or 11,000 people who are from around the country, just meet in St. Louis in one winter time every three years, and the focus is talking about missions. Mm -hmm. And one of the tracks that they had, in addition to the other mission tracks, was Hack for Missions. Mm. So at Urbana... At St. Louis, we had around 200 people come together, bring their technological gifts together, and participate in this Hack for Mission hackathon. Mm -hmm. And during this hackathon, we had many other organizations, mission organizations like Pioneers, Frontier Ventures, um, Wycliffe Bible Translators, and they pitched their challenges and they say, oh, these are the needs that missionaries have, or these are needs that we have as mission organizations, but we don't have maybe the technical expertise to fulfill them. And so when I found that out, I was like, wow, I didn't even realize that this gap existed. And so one of the projects that I ended up working on was a project with Pioneers, mm -hmm. helping them create an app that manages the people that they um, minister to in another country. They're trying to keep track of the people that they meet, the local people. And mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest problems. Now, I, as a programmer, I just helped them use React Native with like a backend with Disciple Tools, WordPress backend. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is something that can spin up really easily. And I didn't realize how much I had grown as a technologist and how even the little things that I knew could make a difference to this uh, pioneers, this missionary. Mm -hmm. Like he was blown away at the final project. It was very simple as getting the people in his database show up on his iPhone screen. That was it. And that UI helped them a lot. <clears throat> so it was not like a spreadsheet that they had to monitor, but now it was like they had a UI, a user interface mm -hmm. on a tablet or on iPhone that they can use to keep track of the people that they have met to mark them, say, oh, this person is being discipled. This person has still needs to be reached out. This person needs to call or this person has other people reached out to them or they are already discipling other people. Yeah. Like those types of re management. So to be clear, this was actually a project you finished in the span of like 30 hours, 36 hours during Urbana? Actually, we had four days. Four days, okay. Of three hour sessions. So it's basically 12 hours. Oh, 12 hours. <laughs> so that's a lot of impact for 12 hours of work. Yeah. And you're doing it in the community of people. So you're training other people, you're growing, mm -hmm. you're learning. And then at the end, you have a product that really makes a difference for mm -hmm. them. 
So that's a lot of value that's generated in just 12 hours. Yeah. Now also, is, is Disciple Tools open source? Is what you did open source? What we did is open source. Um, we just put it on GitHub. Great. And so people who are hearing this podcast, if they want to actually check out this project, learn more about it, maybe even make a pull request or something, they can find it just by searching GitHub for Disciple Tools? Well, Disciple Tools is a tool that can be used for many other app ideas. Okay. Um, I think the specific one that I worked with, the pioneers, they they kept it internal and in-house. Oh, okay. But Disciple so, Tools is open to open source, absolutely. Yep. And so they can find, people can find that project online and yep. get set up with the dev environment, make a pull request, run it on their own phone. Of course. That's fantastic. Like, obviously, open source as devs, we get why that's so valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Even like with what we do with Theotech, we try to open source what we can because we see it being beneficial in a few ways. Mm-hmm. One is that whatever we produce, other people can benefit from it. Mm-hmm. And so the investment that was made once for the kingdom, quote unquote, can be multiplied without having additional expense incurred. And then the second reason was that we felt like if ever we got corrupted or something like that, uh, somebody else who got called could be faithful to pick it up and do something more with it. So that's like why with Ceaseless, we made it open source. Yeah. So Code for the Kingdom, and you are now leading it. Maybe you can share a little bit of the story about how even God put on your heart that initial desire when you came to the time at Microsoft mm-hmm. to say, you know, I think God gave me this technical gifts for more than just getting a job at Microsoft, making money and maybe giving to my church or something like that. Mm-hmm. What did the Lord do in your life so that you already had that conviction that these gifts that God gave you were meant for so much more? You know, it didn't come as easily as maybe you made it out to be. Because when I was going to apply for colleges, I didn't want to be a computer scientist. Oh. I actually wanted to be a financial analyst. <laughs> so I would have ended up in Wall Street. But praise God, he closed all those doors. And I only got into like a very few schools. And one of them had to be, well, but one of them happens to be computer science for Carnegie Mellon. Now, before, which is a good school. Which is a pretty good school, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, before I actually went to college, I've never programmed. Mm. I never touched a programming language. And I didn't know whether or not I would like it. But when I first took my programming course in college, I was like, wow, this is something that it seems comes naturally to me. And for me, I was baffled. I was like, oh, maybe this is exactly how God wired my brain. Mm. And maybe this is how God was leading me all along by closing all these doors and opening other doors. And throughout college, I realized, well, I am learning programming, but I don't know what I'm going to be using it for. So I wrestled with this. I struggled with this. I read Kim Keller's Every Good Endeavor. I went to other uh, small discussion groups or discipleship groups, and I asked them questions like, oh, how do I know what I'm doing as a major? Is How will I know if it's meaningful or if this is what God desires for me? Mm-hmm. And at that time, I just conceded or had faith that, okay, Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to adequately equip myself in college um, and trust that you will use it in the future to build your kingdom or to do something meaningful out of it. Yeah. And so that was the faith that I had going um, into college. And the more classes that I took, the more I saw that this is how God designed me to be, a programmer. And so when I started coming to Seattle, I still wrestled with that question because I came to Seattle, I got a job at Microsoft, and I started coding and developing. And I was like, wow, okay, well, this is coming pretty, it's not like coming natu- like easy, but it just comes kind of naturally. Like I feel like I'm in my element, just mm-hmm. as a fish is in water. I feel like I'm in my elements when I'm programming. But now the next question is, okay, God has given me these resources, these skills, these talents. Um, you know, the parable of the master and the servants, God gave each servant a different amount of parables. I think it was 10, 5, and 1. Yeah, talents. Of talents. Gold, yeah, yep. Yeah. And so when God gave those talents, the servants went out and invested in them. And that was when I was thinking, 
okay, what has God given to me that I can invest in his kingdom? Yeah. And that was where I decided to, outside of work, start to develop or to consider ways that I can use my skills and talents to further God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so Code for the Kingdom became one of those avenues to do so, to be able to take my tech gifts and tech talents, to invest them for God's kingdom, knowing that the work and the labor I do in the Lord will not be done in vain mm -hmm. because there is a promise to it. So that's kind of been a little wild journey since I've had since college. It's amazing, right? God's bearing fruit in your life. Amen. And it is interesting to hear you kind of repeat that verse about what we do for the Lord is not in vain. Because mm -hmm. it could be that, you know, I don't know what people, other people's experiences, but there is something weird about once you enter the marketplace, the workforce after you leave college, and it can feel like your, your career is stuck or like you keep doing the same things over and over again, or there's mm -hmm. politics that basically makes your work meaningless. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen stuff where like people work for like six months and they got paid mm -hmm. on a project that just got killed. Mm -hmm. And that's like really hard on morale because mm -hmm. yeah. it feels like it really was in vain. All the late nights coding, debugging, everything, great, you got paid, but your work had no value. It made no difference. Mm -hmm. um, and it is interesting that as Christians, we have this hope, this, this conviction that God actually is taking that kind of stuff and the other things that we do for the kingdom, even when they might seem like they didn't have an impact. Mm -hmm. And still it's not in vain. Somehow, we don't, doesn't, it's by faith, <laughs> but it's this kind of, um, it's a kind of hope that's unique, I think, to, to our Christian faith because we believe one day when the kingdom comes, when Christ returns and the new creation happens, all that stuff's going to suddenly be revealed. And it's like, oh, that was the wisdom of God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful thing that God's using, like, I honestly think that even if your project is axed at work, God is still developing your skills. Mm -hmm. He's developing something. Mm -hmm. And now it's just a matter of asking God, okay, God has given me these skills. Now how I'll give it back to him. Mm. If you're a technologist, this is one way to do so. And I like to create bridges. Code Freddy Kingdom is one way to do so. Mm -hmm. You have that passion, you have that talent in the tech world and you want to make a difference. We have projects that we can work on together. Yeah. To build for God's kingdom in so a practical let's, way. Let's talk about some of those projects. Maybe it'll get people excited to come. Yeah. <laughs> talk about one project that you're excited about. One of the projects that I'm excited about is there's a company called Basil down in San Francisco. And Kevin Sang and Matthew, they'll be coming up during Covert the Kingdom. And I'm really happy and excited to see them come. Mm -hmm. And they've been working on a, an app called Read Scripture. And Read Scripture is, an, is a mobile app right now. And it follows a Bible reading plan. They partner with the Bible Project to deliver a Bible reading plan on your device that is user-friendly, that has been user like designed for best user experience. Mm -hmm. And I've been using that app every day. Mm. <laughs> now, there's an extension to that app where um, Basil is trying to create something called Read Scripture Lab. So the problem is still the same, that we're trying to get people to read the Bible more. But in this flavor of the problem, the nuance is now I'm trying to dig into the scripture and maybe I'm trying to read commentary and the commentary is in another link or another page or another website. How can we improve the user interface or user experience so that the commentary is just right there in your scripture? Mm -hmm. um, so, and that we can probably cast away the distraction of the cumbersome going from one page to another page yeah. and simplify this whole process. So that's an exciting project that um, Basil is trying to um, achieve, and maybe that will become a hackathon project. Mm -hmm. At this upcoming uh, At this hackathon. upcoming hackathon. And what day is the hackathon again? The hackathon's on May 3rd to May 4th, starting 7 p.m. to 7 p.m., 24 hours. Perfect. At uh, Northwest University. At Northwest University. Yeah. 
Uh, what's another project? Another project is there's the team that was the pioneers team that I developed the app for. Mm -hmm. They actually created a, another mock-up and prototype for what the app that they actually desire um, to create will look like. Okay. And so maybe if a team is willing to pick up on the prototype and maybe develop and make that idea come to fruition. Yeah. That'd be really awesome. And so really this is really them. this is really cool because then if there's anybody who is an Android or iOS developer. Yeah. They don't have to figure out what needs to be built. They just get a mock-up. Yep. Maybe during the hackathon, they could implement a lot of those screens. And by the end of the hackathon, they have a working prototype. And you'd be helping innovation organization. Yeah, and, and you know what you build is probably going to be used <laughs> because Disciple Tools is already being used. Yes. So that's a great project for people who don't have ideas. Mm -hmm. So now let's talk about for people who do have ideas. What's the experience like for them coming to Code for the Kingdom? Well, if you do have an idea, come and pitch your idea. We will have a time to pitch mm -hmm. ideas. When you pitch, you probably have maybe like two or three minutes to pitch your idea, maybe longer, maybe shorter. And then when you have that, you can probably gather people who maybe don't have ideas and come along board with you and develop um, your idea at Code for the Kingdom. One of the things that we always emphasize at Code for the Kingdom is that every, every son and daughter of God has mm -hmm. the opportunity to share Amen. whatever God gives them. And you don't have to be technical. You don't have to be a coder. Uh, we've had some winning projects that came from people who were not technical at all. And they just shared their heart, what God put on their heart. People were called to join them somehow, and they produced a project that actually won a prize and made a difference. So that's an encouragement for people, even if you're not technical. Whatever it is that the Lord seems to be calling you to share, you should do. And Code for the will have space for that. Even if you have an idea, just come. Because ideas are where things are starts, where everything starts. Mm -hmm. You have an idea, maybe not the resources to be able to implement it. Yeah. Still come because Code for the Kingdom is not just about creating stuff and very tangibly. It's about ideating. It's about putting ideas together and mm -hmm. maybe presenting a proof of concept. If at the end of the day of the hackathon, all you have is a proof of concept. Like a PowerPoint mock-up. Yeah. It's still great. It's, it's still great because you're still developing something for God's kingdom. It yeah. goes back to the verse, um, 1 Corinthians 15:58. Whatever you do in the labor that you do in the Lord is never done in vain. Mm -hmm. And also you get to be with a community of people who can give you feedback on your idea, that can strengthen it, even yeah. if it didn't get built. You're going to get a lot of the great feedback that, that you might need to discern what it is that God actually wants you to build. So that's a good encouragement. I think that this has been great, Eric. Thanks for sharing your heart and uh, for leading Code for the Kingdom Seattle this year. Yeah, thanks. Chris. And, you know, is there anything that uh, you want to share with the people listening to the podcast, whether they are technologists or maybe even pastors or um, people just interested in this space, anything you want to share with them? You know, it takes faith to start anything. And sometimes it might be really scary to begin a small project. Like even for me trying to take over organizing this whole event, Code for the Kingdom, I pray to God, I'm like, what am I doing? I have no idea. <laughs> And the planning is like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm just like, God, why am I doing this? But I held on to that promise, knowing that the Great Commission to make disciples of all nations, to baptize, to teach everyone what God has commanded. When I have that focus and that mission, then it just takes faith for me to trust that God is a big God. And that's my encouragement for those who are still on the fence of trying to come to Code for the Kingdom. If you're on the fence, but you want to make a difference, maybe just take that step of faith. Um, God will honor that faith 100%, just as God honored the faith of the Israelites when they um, went through the Red Sea. Maybe some of them were very gung-ho about it. They're like, I'm ready to go across the Red Sea. But there are others who might have been very apprehensive seeing two walls of water just been parted and be like, oh, what the heck am I going to drown? When am I going to drown? Am I going to drown? Mm. But what did all the Israelites have in common? They went. They had faith because even if it's small or big, they all were delivered. Mm -hmm. And so God is faithful. 
even if we're not. And so if we have that faith that God can do something beautiful out of the small faith, the small mustard seed faith we have in our heart, mm -hmm. then God will honor that and we'll use that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So everyone, if you would like to come to Code for the Kingdom Seattle, you can find the information at codeforthekingdom.org. Uh, it should be updated with the latest information and you can register there. Let's take a moment to pray and wrap up the podcast. Sure. Sound good? Sound good. Father God, thank you for Eric and for the faith that you've put in him. And thank you for calling him, Lord, to lead Code for the Kingdom and giving him this vision for many believers here in the Seattle area to be activated, to use their most valuable gifts for your kingdom, Lord. And now we ask you, to fill him with your spirit and to fill all those whom you will bring with your spirit so that we can discern your will and your voice and deliver the kind of results that you desire, Lord. Please um, summon, rally, call your people here in Seattle to realize that your kingdom is so massive and that you've gifted them not just to work their jobs and to make money, but to advance your interests in the world with those skills. And I pray that you encourage us, inspire us and that we can have such a refreshing time serving you side by side, laboring for the gospel. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.